Hello, guys, and welcome to episode 10 of the Aspiring Polymath. I'm here with Mr. Jefferson again. Some of you might remember him from episode three. If you don't, you should probably go listen to that episode. Welcome back to the show, Jeff. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back on the Aspiring Polymath again. Today, we'll be talking about... um, project that Jefferson is working on. I believe it should be kicking off tomorrow. It's tomorrow, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so, okay, yeah, go ahead and introduce us to what this new project is. Yeah, so uh, on Monday, you know, tomorrow, depending on what time you're listening to this podcast, right, is it might be the day before, the day after, who knows. But Monday, February 1st, I'm launching Bantu Investments. Uh, Bantu Investments is a paid Discord community where I teach people how to be financially, uh, you would say, educated and financially responsible, right? Uh, On the website, if you get to visit it, it's bantuinvestments.com. It will be launched on Monday as well, Monday Monday morning or Monday afternoon. Uh, I'll send out a newsletter to everybody that's on the wait list. And you spell that B-A-N-T-U. I-N-V-E-S-T-M-E-N-T-S dot com, right? And uh, basically, I'm going to be teaching people three three major things. Uh, the, be- the biggest and first thing is investing and trading. Uh, and you you know I, I invest a lot in the stock markets. I use uh, multiple different brokerages. And so I realized that I have a lot of friends that used to always hit me up like, hey, could you invest for me or or how did you get started and all of that? So I decided, why not create something that everybody can use? And so that's the first and, and probably the largest area is investing in trading. And then the second major item is financial planning, which will include building your credit, how to budget, right? Uh, you know, one of the best ways to get wealthy is either to make more money or spend less money. So we'll teach people how to do both or one or the other, right? If you're making a hundred grand a year and you don't have any savings, then your problem is not really that you make less. Your problem is that you don't know how to keep the money you make. Yeah. We'll look into that. If you make $25,000 a year, right? Then you can't really spend any less because you're already like at the bottom of the barrel. So we'll then work towards getting you new skills, acquiring new skills, what skills best fit your personality and so on and so forth. And then you can increase your skills so you can make more money and be well off. So that's the second uh, largest thing. And then the third is a community. So uh, I got used to doing a lot of things on my own all the time. You know, I, I'm, I'm always like, yeah, I can do it on my own. I don't I don't need it. But mostly that's the result of just having a history of meeting people that were really just not reliable. But I realize that's not everybody, right? I've met some people that are very reliable as well. So I want to give my community members a community of people that have the same goal as them. Uh, they're learning the same things that can help them, right? I have some experts coming in, in from different fields, from the Forex and crypto market, from the real estate market. So I have people that they can ask questions to and learn other things than the things I can personally provide all the time. And so... That community, I think, is going to be the most important part, actually. Not even the investing or trading. The community will probably be the most important part because then you have somebody you can always talk to. You can always hop in the chat, ask a question. You know, there's a Q&A channel. 
ask a question. You, if you don't get an answer from me, you're gonna get an answer from somebody in the community. So that's that's the idea behind Bond Two Investments. And and the, the thinking behind the name, right? Bond Two. I'm a I'm a Bond Two person. I, you know, if you remember our last episode, right? When I'm yeah. <laughs> Right, the Bantu people were part of the Congolese Kingdom, which was one of the largest sub-Saharan African kingdoms when it was, uh, you know, in existence. And the Bantu people, you know, the root of the word Bantu means like a people, the people, right? So Bantu investment is the people's investment. So that's the the significance behind it, and it is a subsidiary of my Bantu group LLC. So the People's Group LLC. So that's that's how I got that name. In case you were you were curious. All right, I'm sure somebody would have been wondering about that. But yeah, interesting. Interesting to make a picture for for your uh, groups here, just like uh, what's the other one, Ukwaji. Mm-hmm. Like I like the names. That seems very comprehensive. I thought it was um, gonna be like a group centered around stock trading and um, forex options but that seems like a very comprehensive uh, yeah well, yeah, yeah the reason why i have those three major pillars is because like when i started right like i, I bro i come from you you know you know where I come, I come from like the broker end of the world population you know so and when i started trading and, and investing i realized all these groups i never really wanted to join them because all they did was say, here's the info about trading and investing, and then here are the signals that I'm sending out. You can't do any yeah. things unless you understand your finances and you understand finances, right? Like, I do an 80-20 rule, which, I, which I'm going to enforce in the group, right? I don't do a lot of speculative trading, right? You know what's been happening in the market right now with the GameStop and yeah, right? Like, I don't do speculative trading, which means I don't get into that because of the hype, right? I have to understand the fundamentals and the technicals, Right? And so I follow an 80-20 rule, which I'm also going to enforce in the community. All that means is 80% of the money you're going to be investing goes towards long-term investments that you're going to hold for a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, right? And yeah. those, those includes high-growth stocks, dividend stocks, REITs, uh, mutual funds, index funds. And if you don't know any of those things and you're listening, just you know, join the community and you will learn about all those things. You know, A little piece of ad there. But so 80% of the money goes towards those. Then 20% of your money, that's your play money. That's the money that you're okay with losing, like within minutes, if you wanted to, or if you're okay with it. And in that 20%, we'll be working on, I have somebody who come in with penny stocks. She does research uh, for penny stocks. And then she will send it to the group. Either I'll vet them or somebody else will vet them or we'll discuss how we go about trading them. Right, penny stocks where you can put in twenty bucks, it could double to forty dollars, or you could lose twenty bucks, but you won't be crying about it because it's twenty bucks and it's only the twenty percent, right? Yeah. And uh, options trading, uh, I'm I'm a pretty decent options trader, uh, so I'm going to be doing you know option calls and I'm going to teach people how to do options first, and then I'm going to uh, throw out what my plays are, what I'm buying for this week, what I'm selling for this week, you know, and and so on and so forth. That's what you do with that twenty percent. Right. But the only way you can under, you can actually do that is you have to have a plan. You have to understand the plan. And you have to stick to the plan. Right. And you can't just come into the chat and get a bunch of calls if you don't understand you know, how your finances work. If you make, you know, like I said, 100 grand a year. Right. And you, you're not saving any money. How are you going to invest? If you make 100 grand a year and you are thirty thousand dollars in debt with credit cards, how are you going to invest? 
right? So yeah, that's why I wanted it to be comprehensive. Learn what your finances are on your, on your own personal level, at least at the level that matches you, right? I'm going to do breakdowns of different earning brackets on, you know, where you should be living in your means, below your means, so you can save and, and invest more money and where you need to increase your earnings and stuff like that. So. Yeah, options, options are one area I've traditionally stayed away from. <laughs> it's just naturally, I don't know. It is. It is. It can be a lot safer than most people imagine, because it's a, it's very risky. I mean, you have a chance of making more money. You know what they say, right? Yeah. The riskier it is, the higher the the not the higher the chance. The lower the chance of making money, the higher the amount of money you can make. You know. So. Yeah, my issue. My issue with it is, I don't want to say intangible because the contract does represent something, but. Yep. Usually, you don't want to you don't want to go ahead and execute the contract. Usually, yeah. so my issue with it is the fact that if something goes wrong, if I buy an option for like two months from now, and something goes wrong in that time, the closer I get to that time, the less it's worth. The the higher the chance I have to execute it. It just seems because I don't know. I rather just buy stock than it was like a piece of. But let me let me bring something to your attention that you might have not thought about before, right? You're familiar with spreads, right? Yeah, somewhat. I'm not exactly an expert, but I've heard the term. Yeah. So imagine, yeah, for example, you have uh, we're talking. Let's say we're talking about Apple. Let's say Apple's worth a hundred bucks right now, right? Yeah. And then you want to bet that Apple's going to be worth more than a hundred dollars in a month's time at the end of next month, right? Yeah. Go ahead and buy a call, right? That costs you, let's say. About 500 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Now, for the whole month, Apple trades at literally just $100, right? You lose that money because Apple didn't go above it because you obviously have to get to your break-even price, which all of this is going to be explained in videos yeah. that I'm making for the community, so it might not make sense to a lot of people right now. But you took your, your strike price, which was $100, you added the mm-hmm. cost of your contract, which was $5. So... You need Apple to close at above $105 for you to make money. But let's say Apple trades at exactly $100 for that whole month. You lose that money, right? Unless you execute, yeah, you lose that money. Yeah, and you don't want to execute because, I mean, yeah. you're not going to get anything out of it, right? And so you lose that money. Now, the same thing. Let's say you believe Apple's going to work more than 100 in a month. Now, instead of buying an open call, you do a put credit spread, Right? Which means you sell a put at a certain strike price and you buy one at a lower strike price than the one you sold at, you reap that credit, right? And you put collateral of the same 500 bucks, right? So now you receive, let's say this credit will probably be like 200 and and let's say $210. So you receive a credit of $210. Your collateral is that $500 that you put you know, to, 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 it's your collateral, right? In case uh, Apple doesn't go above 100 or, you know, tanks. Okay. Tanks, you know that you only lose that 500, which you were going to lose anyway if you're doing an open call. But yeah. now, now you've hedged yourself because you receive a credit of 210. And if Apple drops below, let's say, 95, you only lose 500. You don't lose any more than that. If it goes to all the way to zero, you only lose 500. But now you've also limited your gains, right? You don't want to make infinite amount of money if Apple goes up forever. Yeah. So let's say at the end of the month, Apple still trades at the same $100. Guess what? You make money 
because your break even yeah. is now less than a hundred. It's going to be like ninety seven. Interesting. I haven't tried one of those before. That's so you you will still make money, even though the same thing happened as last time. But this time you did a put credit spread. You took the credit, right? So you will keep some of the credit, and then you will split it at the, at the price that Apple closes at. If it closes at a hundred, and your break even is like ninety ninety seven, right? And Apple didn't go above a hundred. You you only give back like maybe twenty bucks of your of your credit, right? And you keep the other two hundred. Uh, Hundred ninety, and you get your five hundred dollar in collateral back when the contract expires, worthless. Hmm. Right. So basically, it decreases your risk. Yes, it decreases your risk, but also caps the amount of money you can make. And so those type of uh, what you call it strategies, I use a lot, especially when there's options that I cannot afford, like those you know thirty dollar contracts. That are like three thousand dollars when you buy them. Yeah, like I might be able to to afford one of one of those, so I'll buy like two or three spreads, right? With the sentiment that I'm I'm feeling, and then I can make money that way. You know, there's just all the spreads: put uh, put credit spreads, call debit spreads, uh, put debit spreads, call credit spreads. You have strangles, iron condors, uh, straddles. I mean, there's a whole bunch of strategies yeah. you can you can deploy. To limit, minimize the risk, but they also capsize your uh, your potential gains. So those are the things that I, I nice. get to the point where I'll, I'll be teaching that to my members, and they can deploy it in in their own trading trading systems. And if they follow a certain strategy for themselves, and have that have that in their arsenal of tools. Yeah, I've seen I've seen options like that before. Well, when I say options, I don't, no pun intended. I mean, I've seen strategies like that before, but never completely understood them. So I tended to just push them to one corner and stay away from them. I only dabble in options every now and then. But that's interesting. That's uh, that's stuff that people want to learn. I know a lot of people are interested in getting the market, especially when they hear things like maybe not the right reason, but whenever they hear things like this GameStop thing and gets people interested and they want to get into the market maybe that's not how you should proceed but at least it does the job of getting them interested so lots of people would want to get in there and trade yeah. i think most people i know do but they just don't know how to take that first step that's actually one thing that i've gotten a little feedback on right that that so i mean some of the people i'm working with are like yeah man you got this right because this is the one of the hardest parts is how the heck do i even start what do I need? That's like what throws most people back. It's like, what do I even do? How do I even start, right? And I'm going to make a first series for, for the community, which is how do you even start, right? What do you need? You need a broker. A heck is a broker, right? And which broker is the best, right? So those kind of things. And then when I get a broker, what do I do next? Well, you add money in it. You connect to your bank account or your debit card. You add money in it. And then you start, you know, buying and selling stocks and, and stuff like that. So that's usually one of the hardest steps. And that's something I want to tackle yeah. as soon as the, the, the chat opens. Now, I have a wait list of people that all of them pretty much already have brokerage accounts. Either it's Robinhood or some other one. But I know most yeah. of them Robinhood. And so... I mentioned those guys. <laughs> I want to hear that name again. <laughs> well, you're, you're part of the bandwagon of people that don't want... Robin Hood. I want to I'm moving all my money out of Robin Hood. I don't want to hear that name anymore. But you know what? You know what's interesting though. I mean, they shot themselves in the foot, but you also have to realize all those people had the opportunity to do this to the GameStop uh, stock, 
because of brokerages like Robinhood. You know what That's I mean? That's true. That's true. Like they 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 pioneered yeah, the whole they no commission, the whole, but then they went back against who they were. Like it's like they didn't go back against it. You have it's to like play. Robin Robin Hood went to went to rob the poor farmers to give no, the sheriff, no, no, to no, give no. the sheriff their money. That's basically. <laughs> no, so I'm going to look at it twofold, right? There's two ways to look at it. One is remember Robin Hood is a business, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Citadel is the parent company of the hedge fund that basically went bankrupt. They had to be bailed out, right? Yeah, yeah. Robin, uh, Citadel gives forty percent of their revenue to Robin Hood. Because it uses Robinhood's clearinghouse, right? So that's why you can look at it like, oh my God, Robinhood is colluding with you know the bad guys, right? Yeah. And that's understandable. But you also have to realize with the amount of volatility that was going on, Robinhood was running out of money at the clearinghouses. If that had happened, what would end up was you put an order and it doesn't get filled because the clearinghouse doesn't have enough money. Because when you click that button, it's not your money that goes straight to the clearinghouse and buys that. Yeah. Money. It's Especially Robin- since they do instant deposits. Exactly. And it's Robinhood's yeah. reserves at the clearinghouse that they use to buy the stock. And then a couple of days later, your money actually transfers to the Robinhood accounts and refills that money that was taken out. Well, be a lot of people were trading on margin with instant deposits, right? And and then that was clearing out Robinhood's money at the at the clearinghouse. Now that's not a bad thing for Robinhood because the money's gonna get replenished. But it's just within one day they were running out of funds really quickly. What do you do? You shut stuff down. And that's something they they should be responsible for. Though. I don't think traders should be losing. It's like that's like Amazon telling you, well, I mean, so here's a lot of high traffic on your website. We just couldn't handle it. Nobody's gonna take that because Amazon is guaranteed. Like, but that's you put this stuff market. here, and we're going to. I'm not necessarily saying Robinhood has guaranteed this, but Amazon did. Like that's their thing. Like if you put this traffic, as long as you've paid the money, you've provisioned the servers, we're going to support it. So I don't think traders on our end should be suffering because Robinhood did not have, what's it called? Um, they did not have... Um, so let me let me then ask you this question. To prevent them. Right, let me then ask you this question. If Robinhood didn't give instant deposits, it would take three days for your money to go from your account to where you're able to trade with it. Right. More or less, some, 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 um, like uh, Fidelity does two days, I think. But they are two. That's already like two days to three days. That's already more than instant deposit, right? Yeah. And if broker, a broker has the right to limit their margins, so they can also remove uh, their ability to give you margin trading. So yeah, they took away margin trading. A lot of these. People will not be talking. Mean, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna feel sorry for them because margin <laughs> causes. After all, they it's do try. Not, to, it's they do not try. Sorry, I understand. It's not really feeling sorry that there are realities involved. Yeah, there's, re- there's realities of these things, and and what I what I, I don't what I've like one thing that's kind of like a, a peeve or a pet peeve is that yes, these uh you know Wall Street bets. I've been part of Wall Street bets for almost two years now, by the way, right? So I was seeing some of this unfold, right? But you have to realize what they did not only hurt those hedge fund managers, it hurts people's 401ks, pension funds. Because this is what happens when a hedge fund like, you know, owned by Citadel goes into bankruptcy or has to cover their short positions, which in my opinion, they do need to. Like, you should not be shorting a company over 120%. Exactly. Some of them are over 140%. Yep. So I understand that point, right? And 
now I have to look at it from the other side, right? Which is, so imagine what happened is this. Now they're going out of money, uh, out of uh, like out of position. They have to cover their short positions, right? What would they do that in that time? Well, now they have to sell their best performing assets to cover those short positions, right? And so let's say this keeps happening. They keep selling their best performing assets to cover those losses. Well, you're going to bring the entire market down. And that is unacceptable because um, the market is a way for people to also come out of poverty, besides just education. And if you're taking that from the rest of the people because you have a vendetta against the rich, which is completely understandable, then you go away from being a like a vigilante, like a Robin Hood, right, to being a force. This is what you call, uh, what's, what's the word? Uh, this is mob mentality, right? They're being a mob. And they're also manipulating the market, whether you like it or not. That is what they're doing. It is. It is. But to me, the, at some point, they're bringing attention. Yeah, to me, it's bringing attention to a larger issue. Uh -huh. the fact that Which they did. These guys I'm excited about it. have already been manipulating the market for yep. a long time. First of all, second, they shouldn't be doing what they're doing in the first place. That's what caused this issue to begin with. If they're not shorting, if they're not shorting stocks above a hundred percent. The short squeeze would not even be happening in the first place. So no, that, that, they're the ones that is bringing attention to something that the SEC should already have been looking at. That why are these guys allowed to do these things in the first place? See, that's yeah, and that, me, that's yeah. what endangers the market to begin with. Yeah, that, I mean it makes sense. I, I mean I'm all for it, but I'm also just making sure to understand what the uh, what you call it uh, the backlash. Yeah, what, yeah. what the impact would be right? Because now think about it this way: as a trader, right? What happens next, right? That's a lot of things we're not talking about. What happens next? Definitely, there's going to be some sort of regulation that comes out of it. Personally, I'm I'm not under any illusions that Wall Street is like you know, like the good guys or anything like that. But, but in terms of regulation, but in terms of in the market, what happens next? I don't know. Depends on depends on how the fund gets. This reality to what's happening right now is for every hedge fund. That the Wall Street bets removes into removes from the shorting list of GameStop, right? Two more joining the short position, and what's going to happen is this: the individuals that don't get out fast enough are going to get majorly busted because sure. they don't have enough money to fight the hedge funds in this war. Now, this is a war well fought. Like I'm all like. This, this needed to happen, right? But now it's like, okay, they can't maintain it forever. And at the end, the hedge funds are going to win. The new hedge funds are going to win because the price is way too inflated. It's going to have to crash back down, right? Because GameStop yeah. is not that great of a company. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, They were online to go bankrupt, in my opinion, right? Definitely. But AMC also. Yeah. And so what's going to happen is these new hedge funds are going to make money. Now, that's where the regulations are coming to place because SEC and government entities only care when individuals start getting hurt. And so right now, the individuals are not hurt yet, right? It's the hedge funds that got hurt. That's why you have politicians on the sides of the individual. When it crashes into correction, that's when they will get hurt and the SEC and the government entities will then intervene. Now, will they intervene in a good way? We don't know, Right. The market crash of 2008, they didn't really create that much good regulation that really helped, right? I mean, they yeah, they just created more, more paperwork, and more bureaucracy.
Exactly. So we'll see what happens, but that's the market for you. And these are the kind of questions. And Discord is a voice chat, has voice chats too. So we can literally have these conversations. Yeah. On a voice uh, group where people ask questions like this and I'm able to answer them and kind of show them both sides of the equation. And, and yeah. go forth. And I, why I think this is short. Like you should, I never short. Never, never, ever. I think this needed to happen. Yeah. For better or for worse, it needed to happen because somebody needed to raise this question why are these guys allowed to do stuff like this? I, you can't it sell needs, a house it needs to be addressed right you can't exactly sell like um, i saw that tweet in must put on like you cannot <laughs> like how, how are these guys allowed to sell things that are not even in existence but yeah I, I mean i'm glad it happened it just sucks because like some of the assets i owned that were really good performing started dropping down but again that's where the 80 80 20 rule comes into play right 80% of them are long-term, so I'm going to hold on to them. Yeah, the long-term ones are fine. Like, that's that's a fire sale for you. Yep. Like, Apple had an amazing earnings call. Now, they didn't give guidance, but they had an amazing earnings call. I mean, they made their first over $100 billion in revenue. Right? Yeah, so. First time in the company's uh, history. It's the best earnings they've had since, like, 2015. Right? But yet, it went down. The only reason it went down was because all those short sellers... Those guys were clearing. Apple stocks to cover their asses from the short positions. And, like, you know, it's it's saddening because I'm like, dang, I really want Apple to go up. But, hey, I'm holding it for a while, so I'm, I'm going to be okay. And it's an opportunity yeah. to buy even more because I had some extra cash. Exactly. So, you know... Long term is not a bad thing. It gets to. Yeah. But, I don't know. I, I, I think... There are definitely some funds on on the side of what Wall Street bets are doing as well, but it needed to be it needed to be raised. Somebody needs to address that issue for it. It just can't continue. Stuff like that is it can't continue, and market manipulation as a whole cannot continue the way the way it's been going on. And it's not just in the stock market, forex, even crypto. Those funds got into the crypto market also. They play with they play they play with that market like it's a yo-yo. When they want to, whatever Bitcoin is going on, and so on and so forth. Yeah, my friend is actually very good at crypto. Uh, he's been able to follow like these pumps and dumps movements, and he understands that market pretty well. Uh, and so that's why I have him joining the the group to give people that access to that as well. You know, that education yeah. is important. So if you may be interested in for uh, not necessarily just forex but crypto, then he can also look yeah. crypto. That's another space that confuses people even more than the stock market. Like it's. It sounds similar to the stock market, but then they it sounds like some alien technology yeah. to most people. <laughs> yeah, I remember my day. That'll be a good good thing to educate on. Like that, again? that was yeah, I traded Forex for, for a year or two. Uh and the only reason I stopped was because it was not sustainable. Like I I made money in Forex, but I mean the market is open twenty four five, right? So, you know, it opens on the Sunday evening and then it's open until Friday and I had like I was sleeping at all times of the day I wasn't sleeping well it was straight <laughs> an eye on it all the time now that was just because I was doing trading trading right you can also go long and short and stuff like that in the in the for yeah. you can also go long on a dollar for two months right if you want but I wasn't doing that I was doing like active trading and stuff like that and and it was just not sustainable I remember the day I quit I was on my way to my nine to five, like every normal human being. And I had some positions opening Forex. And as I was driving, I, I checked the app and my positions were going up like crazy. I mean, I was going up by like $10 a freaking second, right? And I, at some point I was like, 
$10,000 up, right? And so I was like, shoot, I can't miss this opportunity to close these positions and cash out. So I had to pull up. I had to pull on the side of the highway on a bridge. <laughs> so this is, I don't know if you've like on 183 going to like Capel and stuff, you take that big ramp on the George Bush turnpike. I had to pull up, pull off on the shoulder of the highway on a bridge to close these positions. And that was the day I decided no more for it. <laughs> I was like, this is dangerous. I'm stressed out. I'm not sleeping well. Let me just stick with the stock market. At least there I can go long and hold on to stocks and do more value-based uh, uh, investment. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I went away from, from Forex. Uh, I own a couple of crypto positions. Uh, but yeah, that's that's basically I can I can teach some Forex, but I'd rather have somebody who's still in the market teach it rather than me because I've not been in that market for yeah. years. Yeah, Forex is another thing I've historically avoided. I played with it for a little bit. I didn't one thing about Forex is I didn't really I never really understood it. And I never attempted to understand it. I just joined this group where this girl was giving calls. And eventually I stopped doing that because I just decided it's it's not a good idea to trade based on what someone else is doing without understanding, without understanding what you're doing. Yep. So here, just, here's the spark. I didn't like the idea at all. Here's a spark notes to Forex. So imagine you have a hundred dollars, you're going on vacation in Mexico, right? Let's say right now the exchange rate between the dollar and the Mexican pesos is one to five, right? So your hundred dollars will give you 500 pesos, right? So mm -hmm. you go on vacation to Mexico with your hundred dollars, which turns to, 500 pesos when you're there. Let's say by God's miracle, you landed with the, you met the daughter of the president of Mexico and she covered your whole trip, right? And you didn't have to spend your, your $100, AKA 500 pesos, right? Yeah. So while you're there, you go on vacation, you enjoy life. And let's say she spends so much money on you there, right? That it, 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 it increases the Mexican economy. Right. Let's say the mixed economy like suddenly becomes like a trillion dollar richer based on what she spent on you there. Right. Yeah. And now the exchange rate between the dollar and the Mexican pesos is now one to three. So when you go back, yeah. one to one, let's say one to one, because that would be an easier conversion. Right. Yeah. We're from being one to five to one to one. Right. And now you leave Mexico and come back to the U.S. Right. Your one hundred dollars that you took to Mexico that you turned into five hundred pesos. Now, when you come back, you change it back to dollars. Now you have $500. Yeah. Right? So you effectively uh, quadrupled, uh, quintupled your money. Uh, yeah. Right? You quintupled your money. So now you have $500. You made a profit of $400 by going to Mexico. Yeah. I understand the basic premise yeah, of that Forex works. currency exchange, but the intricacies of it is what I don't like. With options, I could explain to you with options like, oh, this is what a contract is. This is what this is what happens. You get the chance to execute, but that doesn't mean you understand the Greeks and the Delta Gamma and all of that. Yeah. That that's kind of what I don't get about, beast. <laughs> about Forex. Yeah, so I understand currency exchange, but beyond that, I don't really know what's going on on the market. I haven't really sat down to try and understand it. Really. It's so big, man. It is so big that sometimes it's very overwhelming. Uh, like world news. Yeah, I mean, you have to keep track of some of those things, like uh, when. When the U.S. is uh, giving out its numbers for the GDP growth and so on and so forth, you have to know, okay, what's the GDP and what was this supposed to be and what would a number higher or lower than this mean? And then what would that mean for, yeah. for all the currencies, you know? 
and what would I mean for the dollar and so on and so forth. So it, it's definitely intricate. And, you know, it gave me a boost with my like investment and trading career in the stock market just by knowing correct. But it's definitely not a requirement. Yeah, so, I think I, I feel more at home with the stock market. It just yeah, the stock less abstract to me somehow. Yep, it is. It is. And then, but yeah, it's, man, these markets, they're fun when they're fun and they're not fun when they're not fun. <laughs> but it, it just takes, you know, having a plan and sticking to it. Uh, that's something that a lot of traders, that at least some that I know, have a lot of hard time with is sticking to a plan. Because when you yeah. kick in, you become an emotional investor. I have to remind myself every day. Don't invest based on emotion, right? When you invest, just make sure that you don't need that money for anything else and let it sit there. Let it let it do its thing. Your money will work harder for you and make more money for you than another human being because you can hire another human being with your money. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so that's, that's the philosophy behind my, my investments and my investing. And I'm trying to make sure that my people, you know, get, get the, get the same resources, get somebody or some people that can, push them towards that road and just become an overall better investor and a better person who's trying to build a good life for themselves. Yeah. What, uh, what trading platform do you use? I'm looking for a new, a new home for my, for my I'll, money. I'll recommend going to Weeble. Yeah. I heard that. I heard that from a lot of people, but I also heard that they're very finicky with transferring in money and transferring out also. I mean, yeah, but they're new and they don't have like, I don't know why people are going away from Robinhood. I'm staying in Robinhood. But uh, that's going to be like my personal portfolio. I have another portfolio in Charles Schwab. And if you want, you can go to Charles Schwab. They also own Ameritrade, but Ameritrade did the same similar restrictions. Yeah, that's my headache right now. Because <laughs> yeah. TD Ameritrade is one that I've been wanting to go to for a while. And that was like my go-to. I love their Thinkorswim yeah, think um, platform. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. But yeah, I recommend uh, Weeble because Weeble also has like, uh, obviously they all have extended market hours. But Weeble, if I remember correctly, does it from like the 4 a.m. time, which when it usually opens, to the yeah. a.m. time. And I think they actually allow normal traders, like retail traders, to also trade within those extended hours. Robinhood only allows uh, retail traders. Robinhood is 8, eight to 6, I think. Yeah, 8, eight till 5, which is not the, the full extended market hours. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to open a, I have a Weeble account and I'm going to be using that actively as well for the community, right? For people that use Weeble because I want to make sure I kind of cover all the platforms that I'm going to, I'd be asking yeah. to have. Robinhood is to my number one recommendation because like I said, I don't invest based on emotions. And I don't make decisions based on a mob mentality because we don't like a certain platform because it did something that in my opinion was justified, Right. I mean, they pretend their actions. They they say they're gonna you know allow limited buying, which is cool too. And I'm not gonna let a couple million people dictate what another two hundred, uh, sorry, uh, hundred or ninety million people are using, just because they went and not even a hundred million, not even a million people. It's like a hundred thousand people that went and boycotted Robinhood and started doing you know went for a lawsuit and giving bad re- reviews. So only a hundred thousand. Robinhood has over a million, over 10 million users. So I'm not going to let a you know lot the, of people determine that. You know, the trading they halted wasn't just, it wasn't just those particular stocks. Like they got into some others too. Like um, like yesterday at the close of market, I was trying to buy, what was this stock I was trying to buy? I was trying to buy some Moderna. 
as far as I know, it wasn't involved with the Wall Street's bad stuff, but they were restricting the amount, number of shares of Moderna I could buy. I'm not sure why they were doing that. They were also doing that for Dogecoin. They basically stopped trading. I know that the Wall Street bets people were playing with Dogecoin as well. They were mentioning Dogecoin here and there. It, but what I mean, was the what was the purpose for doing? It's not even like GameStop where they're just like, oh, we're not trading this or restricting trading. It kept showing up like it was a network error or something. But because that's what I'm saying. Really. You, you might think that oh, they were doing that on purpose. Sometimes they're getting those network errors because there's so much traffic on another end. You know, I'm a software developer, right? So I have to look yeah. at it in terms of the infrastructure. This was unprecedented. This is not something they were ready for. Right? So as somebody from a networking background, I feel like that's that's their mistake. That's that's them falling on their sword, basically. Especially with cryptocurrency, you should be ready. They should be. They should have been ready for that before getting into the so cryptocurrency trade. Right, since they were not ready for it. Right, so it's like you're running a network. Right, let's say you should have been ready for something, but then something crazy happens. Your network crashes. Yes, it's your responsibility. Right. But the best you can do is let people know, like, hey, you can't do this because our network is having a problem. They're giving you a network error. But they can't sit there and you can't, yeah, you're right, you have the right to leave them. But you can't then say, okay, well, they're doing that to really just stop us. Like it's, it becomes into a conspiracy theory level. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I understand Robin Hood's, you know, I mean, just think about it this way. Yes, they can fuck up. Sorry to be cursing when you're on your podcast, right? But they can F up. They also provided these people with access to this type of information that they're able to make this type of money and do this in the first place. I think that's why it hurt people so much, actually. I think that was people right. just felt betrayed. Like they never expected it. If it was TD Ameritrade or even Charles yeah. Schwab that did it, people would be like, whatever. These yeah. And that's why that's why the you news so betrayed before because of Robin Hood. Yeah, that's why the news, you know, the articles are all about Robin Hood did this, Robin Hood did this, they never yeah. that Mary Trade did this. That's right? the part I don't like. Like it's Robin Hood as being witch hunted. Yeah, and, like, like the congressional, I think was it a hearing or summons? I don't know why it was directed towards only Robin Hood, but, but I was surprised when I found out that other platforms did the same thing. One reason why I knew Robin Hood is because it happened to me personally. Like I was trying to buy more in the morning and I, they were showing me that I could only close out my position. I couldn't buy anymore. The volume was zero. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's the crazy thing. Like, so here, let me put a little, my, my thin, tin foil hat on and go a little bit conspiracy on y'all. Right. So in, look at how every single one of the, you know, the politicians went against Robin Hood, right? Robin Hood is the only platform that pioneered the free, trading no commission commission free trading before all these other places that give the power of investing to retail investors right before all these other things and now they f up once in something like this every politician that wants to regulate them who do you think that benefits it benefits the big people of course exactly benefits the big people it benefits the big people the people that these retailers are trying to fight in the first place like when you hear when you hear Ted Cruz starting to bro, agree with something, you know there's a problem. <laughs> because we we so there's a problem. doesn't care about these retail investors. We hear Ted Cruz and Donald Trump Jr. agreeing on something. Bro. You know that you know there's a problem somewhere. So that's that's my only like 
like I said, I don't make decisions based on like an emotional roller coaster, right? And that's how I, that's how I'm looking at it. Yes, they effed up. We've all effed up in life. We just not, you know, Robin Hood where we get on the news, but we've all effed up, and they effed up, right? They didn't think this. Through. They didn't think their PR through. They didn't think what this would mean for them. I think honestly, it would have been better for them to just let the system keep crashing and giving out a network error than actually halt it. Although, yeah. Yeah, yeah. although at a business perspective, halting it was the better choice. Because you'd rather keep your business, your system running for other people, a majority of people, than to you know cater toward a minority of people that are doing big things. But you know that's that's just how it is. It's good when it's good, and it's bad when it's bad. You know. So yeah, most, personally, most of my reason for wanting to take it out, like what happened, pissed me off. But for me, I was kind of weighing the pros and cons. Like I'm pissed off. For Robin Hood is also really, really convenient. Yeah. <laughs> Most likely, I wasn't even going to leave it. I, I'm just hearing some news about um, what the regulation might mean for them. They might, I don't know, with the way the PR is going. That's that's why I'm moving my money out. Because even though I was pissed off, I was still thinking, on one hand, I'm pissed off. On the other hand, I'm here at WeBoom. I charge me some $5 to take my money out. And Robin Hood is so convenient, so yeah. I was probably just gonna stick with it anyways. Regulation is not gonna do shit to them. Let me already, let me let me already add that to your plate because think about it. When I don't know if you remember this episode uh, that happened in the market. Uh, this happened a year ago, two years ago. I think it was 2019. In on Wall Street bets, these guys are known for being degenerates. That's what we call ourselves on the on the Wall Street bets, degenerates, right? They found a way to use margin trading to do infinite trading, right? <laughs> using Robinhood's money, right? And brokers are tasked with protecting retail investors. It's literally one of their rules they have to follow is they have to make sure retail investors don't hurt themselves. Because retail investors are not as sophisticated investing as you know industrial uh, investors, right? And so when these people on Wall Street Beds found this way to basically do infinite margin trading, they were opening million-dollar option uh, contracts, opening million-dollar positions in companies, right? And guess what? You had people losing a million, million for the, of money they didn't have. You had people losing, uh, you know, this guy won, like lost 50 grand on live, <coughs> excuse me, on live and filmed it on YouTube while he was losing all that money in seconds, right? Guess what happened? SEC came and sued Robinhood, right, for not protecting retail investors. By allowing them to do speculative trading and margin trading to that level, right? Here is a an obvious time when retail investors are doing speculative trades that could cost them their entire life savings. And Robinhood does exactly what the SEC would demand of them to do. <laughs> and now people are thinking that the SEC will regulate them. It won't. Now, retail investors are angry and there's a lawsuit which they might win. But the thing is, Robin Hood's terms and conditions gives them the right to halt trading at any given time. It does. To keep, you know, keep moving. So they might not lose this lawsuit. Robin Hood's problem here is, is not so much that they halted trade. It's, it's this storm, the perfect storm of a number of things. Their reputation for being the Robin Hood, the, still from the relatively poor. Yeah. And then the fact that they're associated with these hedge funds in the first yeah, place. That, that, now it looks like, it, yeah, it looks like the curtain just got pulled back and now we're seeing the real wizard of us. That's what it looks like. Even though that might not be what is really going on, it's kind of yeah. hard for them to explain how, oh, we're on your side, but we're working 
Yeah, it's like with these like, guys also. It's like walking in your husband with your with your worst enemy, right? Your your nemesis, right? In the bathroom, and your husband is walking out of the bathroom, uh, buttoning up his pants or zipping up his pants, right? He might have just come out from pee. Exactly. Exactly. You know, right. He might have just been coming out to go out while she was going in, but you don't see that. So you're thinking, wait a minute. Yes. I'm not sure where this analogy was going, but yeah, that that's, <laughs> you know, that's, like, that's a good example. Come out of the bathroom with my nemesis. What's going on here? You know, so that that's where they they, they got a problem. But I'm not leaving Robin Hood, uh, so that's that's just my my opinion there. Honestly, it's convenient. It's it, I said I was gonna leave, but guess what? It's too, it's too convenient. <laughs> I'm glad all these things are happening before the IPO, right? Because it gives them a stronger business once this is all done. They will keep the core Robinhood investors and grow more and add more services. Because one thing Robinhood doesn't have right now is like a good automated investment system, right? Which I'm sure they're going to build on. I think they they they, they, they activated that recently, actually. No, not drip. I'm not talking about drip. I'm talking about no, not like, drip. I mean, like when you can set like auto invest on a weekly basis. Yeah, I've been waiting for them to do that for a while. They've they've activated the concept the- with drip. But yeah, I see what you, I, I think what you're talking about. Yeah, like uh, I'm talking about more like uh, M1 Finance. Well, M1 Finance. Uh, M1 Finance provides like portfolios, right? Based on your risk tolerance and so on and so forth. Oh, okay, okay. That's just something similar. I think that will bring them more users, more passive investors. So I yeah. think at the, uh, the the main idea is I'm sticking with Robinhood. I'm going to use Webull as well. I have Charles Schwab. Uh, I'm probably going to use, I'm open a Fidelity account because there's some accounts I want to play with in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's different type of investment accounts, right? So I'm trying to play with some accounts that are, I'm trying to leverage for real estate and stuff. So I'm going to open some Fidelity accounts and try to use those. Uh, Vanguard as well. So, but, and those things will come later on as I get a handle of them. And then I will start giving those type of information to the, the community yeah. as well. But I will still recommend Robinhood as my number one choice. Uh, and then it's a good place for for novices to begin. Like, um, I'm I'm definitely gonna look into Weibo too. The money transfer thing just kind of made me pause a little bit because I don't know. I wasn't liking what I was hearing. Apart from that, I've only heard good things. Yeah, no, Weibo. I, I like the interface. Again, it's not as intuitive as Robinhood, right? But it gives it actually gives you more information than Robinhood does. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that as well. So yeah, I, I recommend Robinhood for people that are starting off. First, you know, Robinhood is, is easy, it's convenient, it's good to learn learn on. Then afterwards, I will say Weeble and then Charles Schwab, Fidelity. Uh, I even use uh, Wells Fargo. I have a, a brokerage account with Wells Fargo. Uh, so far, I'm not a fan of Fidelity. It looks very, I don't know. <laughs> it looks very unwieldy, very old-fashioned. Yeah, it is. It is old-fashioned. But they, they, will, they will get there. Uh, uh, they will get there. They will get there. Uh and then, like, there's obviously Morgan Stanley that just bought each that bought E Trade last year or the year before. So E Trade is part of the Morgan Stanley family. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'll recommend Robinhood for my when people join the the group, the community. I'll put my list of what brokers I think are best for you and what stages you want. Robinhood will be the top. I mean, they're, they're just convenient. They're good. They, yeah, they have a good business. Uh, they fucked up, and I'm gonna forgive them for it. But yeah. Uh, well, I have reservations for it. Totally understandable. We can use Weeble, Charles Swap. So that's what we're going to be using in the in the community. Yeah, Robinhood is getting to the point where they're kind of making stash 
obsolete for me. Like basically everything I got into stats for Robinhood has gradually yeah. added all of those things. There's only basically one thing now that stash does Robinhood doesn't do. The oh yeah, I forgot the the Roth IRAs and also the um what you just mentioned a while ago, the custom portfolios mm-hmm. that they they put together. Yep. Apart from those two things, like everything else Robinhood does now, the bank accounts, the, everything, they have, they have it all now. Yeah, my Roth with Stash, I mean, I, I, I'm i up 50% in my Roth with Stash, which is freaking crazy because I only opened that Roth like two years ago. 50% in two years, that's 25% a year, right? And I, I performed so well because I looked into the future before I bought that Roth. My Roth is literally comprised of clean energy, EVs, <laughs> and and you know you've obviously seen the trend of these uh, green energy companies going bunkers and going crazy high. Yeah. So it's been it's been a it's been it's been a fun ride, and I can't wait to like just throw all this stuff out into the community, and get it done. My goal is to try to get to a thousand people by the end of the year, which is a it's pretty it's a pretty huge task. I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, I think uh, I want to get to a hundred by the end of the first month, and try to increase it by hundred every month thereafter. Uh, so we'll see. I'm trying to do some ads through Spicy Sphere Boys that I'm managing right now, uh, through some of my friends that have huge social media following. I'm doing promotions for it. Uh, so if the first hundred people are getting. Uh, there's the pricing that's going to be on the website. I'll, I'll, I think we should just... Oh, yeah. It. I was just about to ask about that, too. I'm doing a promotion. So there's two different pricing levels, right? For the first 100 people, the pricing is normally $19.99 a month, right? For the first... Okay. Month, that's what they will always want to pay as long as they're part of the community. So that's going to be locked in, basically. Yeah, that's all... Okay. The first 100 people will only pay $17.99. Now I'm giving them a 10% discount for three months when they join, right? So that we're paying $15.99 for the first three months and then it goes to $17.99 afterwards. Right. Okay. And then after that, the not the first thousand wait, wait, hold on. Sorry. Uh, was it $17.99 or $19.99? Sorry. Uh so it's $19.99 and then 10% discount to, to $17.99. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. I'm the investor who's right. my math. I, I, yes. <laughs> my it's, brain was glitching. I, <laughs> I would think of it in terms of uh, the, what you call it, uh, the 1799. The is confusing. I'll never get used to that thing in America here. Like, I'm still used to, I still think of 1999 as $20. That's how my brain I mean, what do I think about it? Too? <laughs> 1999 is the original price for the first 100 people. They're getting 10% off, so it's going to be 1799. Right, okay. three months, and then it will go back to 1999 for as long as they're part of the community. And then right. the 900, the first 900 people after that batch, right? The price is 39.99, right? So forty dollars a month. Okay. But I'm doing a 60 percent discount for the first three months, right? Which means they're paying the same as the people that are the first 100 for the first three okay. months. And then after that, they will then start paying their 39.99. All right. So after we get off this uh, call right now, I can literally go to your website and sign up. The website is not live yet. Okay. Okay. I, I'm going to push the website live tomorrow and send out a newsletter to all of you guys that are on the wait list. Send out an email. How do I get on the wait list? How did you get on the wait list? 
how do I get on the wait list? You, uh, basically, uh, you send me an, your email and phone number and your name, and I'll put okay. It on. okay. You know, if the followers already have me on Instagram and stuff, they can just slide in my DM and, and send it out to All me. Right. Or uh, they can also just text my phone number if you want me to give out the phone the phone number on here. Uh, you can uh, you can give it out now. I'll also put the website on the description for this. Yeah. This is this is gonna be coming out maybe during the week. I, I usually do yeah. weekends, but since since you're launching tomorrow, maybe I'll just bring this out during the week. Yep. So by then the website should be up. Yep. Yeah. Then yeah, everything should be fine there. But yeah. So once the website is live, uh, I'm, I set up a whole marketing. Uh, what you call it? I have a CMS uh, and uh, a CRM ready to kind of like run run these ad emails out for me. Um, I have newsletters I'm going to be sending out, you know, every week to talk about the market and stuff like that. So we can get some spark notes on what the community is going to be doing, so on and so forth. So, and so far, as your, sorry. Yeah, go on. Go on. I say so far, it's just me running this. So ho- uh, hopefully in the near future, I can get somebody to start writing the newsletters. So I don't have to write them. Right and somebody to send out the emails to the email sends and stuff like that. So like a like okay. a marketing manager or something. How's your uh, charging process gonna go? You're gonna take uh, um, credit info on the website or? Yeah, gonna... so everything is. I'm not. Um, I built the website, but I didn't build the what you call it the credit card processing. I'm using Stripe. Okay. Okay. I'm using Stripe in conjunction with LaunchPass. I, I don't know if you're familiar with LaunchPass. Launch yeah. Pass basically like a middleware uh, company that does all the subscription stuff for you that connects okay. it or, uh, to your discord and your slack so it manages the users so if they stop if they miss the payment uh, i'm giving them like two weeks or a week to, to fix it or they will get kicked out of the community by launch pass so launch pass takes okay care. yeah so okay okay makes sense makes sense yeah i'm looking forward to this it sounds sounds like it's going to be a pretty interesting community yeah, man, I, um, I think it is. Uh, if I can get a thousand people on there, I think I, I think I'll cap it at a thousand people, just so it's sustainable. It's still uh, more, uh, how do you say? It? It's a little bit more intimate, and then that way you always have people on there that can always, you know, talk to you, and that that might be further along in the program than you are, so they can they can give you yeah. information that you probably didn't have, and you don't have to like have to wait on me to give you information because I might be busy with a hundred other people. And you know, yeah. be on a line, and so having multiple in there would definitely be helpful. And if I end up having more than a thousand, I'll probably for, uh, create a, a fork, right? Create a different community for the same purpose, and then put somebody else in charge of. The yeah, board. I was just thinking. <laughs> I was just thinking you could actually like franchise out different new groups or something like that. That's so That'd be interesting. But, yeah. but I want it to be a community thing, and and we need it, man. We need it, you know, as, as the, the African slash African-American community, we need it. We need yeah. we need some way to get through the door because the pandemic taught me one very prominent thing is that it's going to work out unless we make it work out. I mean, like for that quarter during this pandemic, while almost every other race got richer. Yeah, all the small and... Um... I don't, even, I don't like saying small, but basically the small people got poor in general. Yep. While the rich people, I, I think I've seen something like the richest people in the, the richest 1% got like 10 trillion richer or something over the pandemic. Something like that. And some ungodly number like that. <laughs> <laughs> ungodly number. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think we need it and I, I think it's going to be helpful. Uh, and then we'll see how it goes, man. Uh, you know, think yeah. of the 
all I have to do is deliver. You know, I think I think I, I should be able to handle at least that for now and just get people moving. All right, cool. Looking forward to it. Thanks for hopping on the call here. I think I just let you know about this like one, two, three days ago. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, definitely something I wanted to discuss. Um, all the madness has been going on too. I figured, oh wow, perfect timing. I can just throw this in here too. And that, I was saying the same thing. I was like, wow, this is perfect that it's falling because like I know as soon as we launch, we're going to get some questions about what's happening right now. Yeah. And it's going to be like, oh, should I buy a GameStop? And my answer will be no, you shouldn't. <laughs> I already had like three people I know text me or call me asking about the GameStop thing. People that I know, well, as far as I know, are not really into the stock market or anything like that, but it got so big that even they yeah. heard about it having questions. A lot of people ask me, should I buy a GameStop? I'm like, no, not right now. I mean, the thing is off its high. And if you look at the charts, it's not looking so well. For the I whole saw you're, you're buying some puts on GameStop. Huh? I think I saw on your Instagram, you're buying some puts on GameStop. Yeah, I, I made like 700 bucks on <laughs> Because I knew it was going to like sky back up and it's going to play like yeah. That's how I look at it, right? Like if I'm really doing trading, trading, bro, I can make money whether the market goes up or down. Right? Yeah. And and I do that sometimes, a lot of yeah. times. So it's you have to just know to do that, right? But your long term stays long term. 20% is for you to play with it and do all that kind of stuff. Because when you look at the chart for GameStop right now, man, oh man. Well, that's actually what attracted me to options in the first place. <laughs> the idea of it sounded so interesting. Like, wow, okay, so I can actually make money while. Yeah. It's, it's going to be an interesting month in February. Because it can, get, it can get very bad in February for those hedge funds. Like, it can get worse for those hedge funds, but it can also yeah. be very bad for these retail investors. So we'll, we're going to see. And I'm, I'm getting ready to, uh, like, for example, tonight I'm going to chart the GameStop and see, you know, where the movement's at, check some volumes and check, you know, how much, you know, how much is trading for and what the asking and bids are and see, okay, what's going to happen on Monday? Is it going to tank or is it going to go up, right? And that's how I can determine you know, what I want to do with GameStop stock if I want to trade it at all. Yeah. If uh, if you have bandwidth for this, something I think might be a good idea that some groups like this do also is um, to have like live trading sessions with people for them to watch you while you're actually setting up trades or getting out of trades, that kind of thing. Yeah. I find that that's very helpful. Then some other channels do. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that in the future. Obviously, you know, I still also have a 9 to 5, right? Or 8 Yeah. Right, so it's <laughs> at eight thirty. So uh, I'm gonna work something out with my work where I probably start my day an hour later than normal, which I can do. Uh, my my company is very accommodating, and they know I take care of them and yeah. me, so I don't really have to worry about that. But we do. I will be doing like the voice calls in the morning. So let me just add okay. there. Uh, obviously, I'm up at like four thirty. Four thirty in the morning. <laughs> That's when you know. Early trading really starts, right? But nobody's yeah. at that time. But I'm up by 4.30 and I take care of my stuff, whether it's the gym or eating some breakfast and stuff. Around 7 a.m., I'm hoping or I'm thinking that's the time I want to start getting on the on the voice Discord chat in the morning. Just talk about what I'm looking at, you know, for the rest of the day or the rest of the week. I'll either do it on a Monday. Okay. Like the Monday call might be the one where I'm talking about what's, what I'm looking for in the week, right? Have some kind of like... Uh, one weekly voice call and then like maybe some impromptu voice calls, right? Yeah. But at least have that where you discuss what you're looking for in the week and what earnings are coming up and how you will play those earnings and so on and so forth. What stocks I'm going to buy or what stocks I'm thinking of buying. 
And then the text chats for the signals will just be where I post when I'm entering a, uh, a trade and when I'm exiting a trade. So people can just look at it like, okay, you entered here at this price and it's exiting here. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to do that. And then whenever I get more bandwidth, like you said, then I, because there's going to be videos, I'm obviously going to film videos. It's not sustainable if I have to teach it every time. Right. I'm going to make it. I have my ring light that just came in uh, and stuff like that. So I'm going to be making videos for the educational part. But then, like you said, I'm going to be doing streaming live trading and I'm probably going to do it on Twitch because I have it connected with my Discord. So okay. that as well. Okay, cool, cool. Sounds like uh, there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah. But uh, again, thanks for hopping on. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and cut it off here. No, we'll be here for <laughs> how long. <laughs> But yeah, I'll send you my email and um, what was it? Email and what the email and phone number will you're get on the list, man. You're on the wait list, remember? Because okay. I know we talked about it, but I don't know if that was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as we talked about it, you remember? I also have your email from like all our okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Kennedy, and then all the numbers at the end that I always give you a hard time for. <laughs> wait, wait, that's probably my Gmail. Yeah, yeah that was your Gmail. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't really use that one like that. My Yahoo mail. Yahoo has been Kennedy. Yeah, I think I have, 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 yeah. have a Yahoo. Yeah. Mail. Funny story, I recently created a new Yahoo mail that's a lot shorter. So I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna start using that soon. So I don't have to keep software to type my email in. But yeah, but yeah, I, good stuff. I, good stuff. I have a lot of interesting people on there. Like I, I think you know some of them too. So it's gonna be I'm I'm counting on it. <laughs> I'm counting on it. Well, anyways, thanks again. Um guess so we'll catch you next time i'm sure you're going to be on another future episode uh, this guy has has his hands in all, all the pots everywhere so it's going to be on another episode hey man there's rainbows everywhere and golden pots. <laughs> but yeah thank you very much for for having me man i appreciate it and you know i'm always always down to do an episode with you all right um, until next time thanks for tuning in guys don't forget to um you know i was my youtube uh, I'm sorry to YouTube. I'm always used to say like, share, subscribe, but you know, you know what I mean. So follow, share it, whatever it is you can do on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.